How about your hidden coach getting thrown out before the game starts and you responding with nine runs? Power uh, move. That's a power um, move. Yeah, absolutely massive. Um, I think I just tweeted electric from our account because that's how uh, that's how it felt. How about you go get yourself tossed in one sense? That's fantastic. <laughs> um, with the lineup card handoff, which is the weirdest thing that I think we still do that instead of just like, you know, they have access to the lineup card. But uh, welcome to, you know, your Thursday episode. Sorry we couldn't hit you up on Wednesday. We'll get into that. But mostly we're going to get into our storylines and MVPs for this White Sox series loss. Uh, we're also going to talk about lineups without George. What would we like to see while Springer is at least on the shelf for now? And then we'll do a little this day in Blue Jays history because it's an off day. So we're going to talk about some on days for the Blue Jays. It's Locked On Blue Jays, and it starts right now. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays. Thanks so much for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day, especially on this Thursday. He's Matt Bonaparte. I'm Ben Shulman. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Locked On Jays. Email us at the email, uh, Locked On Jays Real at gmail.com. That's R E A L. Yeah, not like a f- photography or film a film reel, I guess, would be more accurate. Or like a slides reel. No, uh, like the real thing, which we are, uh, at least the real locked on people. So, Bones, um, Blue Jays win the last game 9-5, to five, lose the series 2-1 to one in Chicago. Raucous White Sox crowd at guaranteed rate. Credit to them. Uh, Blue Jays crowd was getting into it, but... Um, Hilarious for the White Sox to win a series and have so many fire Tony chants throughout. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, not saying I care whether Tony gets fired or not. Truthfully, do not. Um, but just so much anger on the South Side. <laughs> I'm, I'm pandemonium. Into, yeah. There, there was near pandemonium in game two. Um, Blue Jays lose, though, two out of three. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I think the Yankees game, we're recording this Wednesday, I think the Yankees game is wrapping up. So another series where they're going to go another game back to the Yankees. Um, what's your storyline, guy? Uh, you know, my storyline, I'm going to have two. Is it okay if I have two? You I'm going to have two. two. Hopefully one of them's not mine. Though. Uh, okay, I hope it's not. Um, my first one is that uh, I, this is my official uh, stance, my official statement. This bullpen, if you do not add to it, will not win you a World Series. I'm telling you right now, it will not happen. You objectively do not have the right arms to win you a World Series. Jordan Romano, while fantastic in many spots, is going to falter at times like we saw in Game 2. You need to have guys that can come in and mop up when they need to. Um, It just won't happen right now. You need to add one or two arms. Uh, Maybe They don't have to be the greatest arms in the world. They just, you need new blood in this bullpen. Uh, my second storyline, and I hope it's not yours, Ben. You can stop me and go, ah, da, 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 if it is yours. But um, the Red Sox are nipping at your heels. Is that your storyline? No, I really wish I could just, ah, da, 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 and cut you off because I don't know how <laughs> many times people get the pass to do that. Uh, but no, 
that was not my second one. But yes, the Red Sox are new. Thankfully, the Rays have dropped a little bit back. Um, but the Red yeah, Sox, the Red Sox are a half a game behind you, one half yeah. a game. Do you, they're nipping you know at your heels? What'd you say? Do you know who they're playing next? They just swept the Tigers. I'll find out for you, friend. Tigers stinky. While you're looking, uh, they I will play the Guardians on Friday, three game Guardians set, and good. then they come to Toronto for a three game set. Guardians are good, so that's not the end of the world. Uh, I'm just saying, you are at jeopardy of losing the second spot in the AL East. You're in jeopardy, absolutely. big absolutely. time. Um, I'm going to circle back on point one. Um, we were debating a little back and forth about like a week, maybe two, a week and a half ago. Do they need a starter more? Do they need a reliever more? I feel like it's pretty clear at this point that reliever is more of a need. Um, it's not that they couldn't I do use think a starter. They need both, but I think a reliever is a bigger ask right now. Yeah. Um, you did get a good performance out of Gosman and a good performance set of strips, uh, which I guess segues into my storyline, which is that you should have just won the series. Like, you should have won the series. <laughs> if Barrios doesn't get blown up. There's a lot of ifs. And I know not everything's going to go perfect. Teams lose for a reason. But if Brios doesn't get blown up, you win the first game. If you just find a way to score one more run, you probably have the momentum to win the first game. You obviously should have won the second game. I mean, I'm still... No doubt about uh, it. I'm still pretty rattled about that game. And our pod How many times out. should they have won that game? Four times? Three times? I mean, not every time you go in with a one-run lead into a ghost runner bottom half, am I going to say it? But there were at least two times in extras where they had enough. They'd already scored a run and had another runner either in scoring position with nobody out, like Vladdy on second with nobody out in the tenth, or Bo came up with second and third and one out and didn't convert. But and you then don't even have to go that far into the game. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, nobody on. Getting out, Jordan. Getting out. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, that's the big one. Um, you should have won the series. You played well enough for the most part to win the series, and one or two people at key times slipped up. Um, it was nice to see Bo come back in game three and hit that grand slam. Bo a good hitter. He's going to be fine. Um, but, yeah, just kind of stinks. Like, really felt like they were going to win that series. And it all hung on game two. And probably best for Mr. Eddings and for everyone who doesn't like frustrated people that our uh, podcast completely – destroyed itself yesterday as we were trying it to record it. self-destructed halfway through. Because, I mean, and honestly, I, you were a little I, – I credit to you. You were a little more, like, professional level-headed. I was, like, upset. Poor Ben. Hey, he wasn't – he was down in the dumps. We were we were about 12 to 14 minutes into uh, the most depressed pod we've ever recorded, and then our software just – it just – it was like, guys, I can't handle this. And it just died on us. And him and I texted back and forth. Neither of us could fix it. And we said, all right, this is a sign. Uh, and now we're back. I will like to say real quick, uh, going into the series, I named one Andrew Vaughn as my scary. And boy, did he show up for me. First game, four for four. Game two, he had a really clutch hit. He went one for five, but that really clutch hit that kept the ninth inning alive for them. Uh, and then here in game three, three for five, one run. I think this is probably the best I'm going to do uh, on. I mean, Austin Hayes was pretty good for me in the last series, but Bonestradamus lives on. Andrew Vaughn really helped me out. You should claim Vaughn because while Austin Hayes was good, I had Mountcastle that series. It's true. You, like, your high him. watermark is Vaughn and my Andrew high watermark. Is Bonus Stradamus, I'm telling you. 
Um, well, on the other side, who's your MVP? Who did you? Uh, uh, my MVP for this here series is going to go to one Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, I was really happy with how Teoscar played in this series. Uh, he had a couple doubles in the first game. Did he go over in the second game with three strikeouts? Yeah, he did. But uh, the, the thing that Dion Waiters always says is something about forgetting about his shots and just keep shooting. And that's kind of what Teoscar did in game three. Two for four, a run scored. Uh, a couple ribbies. I'll take that from Teoscar. A four-hit series, including a couple doubles. I mean, I'll take that run score, some ribbies here and there. Teoscar is back, officially. Yeah, four for 12 for Teo in the series, and all four were extra base hits. So that's King. nice. Pimped the S out of his uh, home run today, and I love it. I love when people pimp home runs. Man just hits Teo. nukes should ever get in trouble for that on either side, even if it's happening against the Jays. And yeah, Teo, OPS, live OPS, 759. He's plays, creeping up. He's climbing up. Plays not where we want him to finish, but very happy where he's at right now, all things considered. He's getting there. Um, my MVP, kind of odd because he didn't play in the last game, but he did play in the first two games. Uh, Kevin Biggio, uh, first of all, first home run of the year claps good for you Kevin you were gonna get there um and also like has been actually one of the best Jays hitters since he came back in May he's got like an 840 OPS over that stretch but in this series um the other big hit he came up with was although it didn't end up mattering he had to come in when George got hurt uh in game two and he came up with the bloop single that ended up scoring the tying run in that game and the Blue Jays went on uh to take the 4-2 lead so Clutch Cavan, uh, more important of a player now for the Blue Jays with Springer out um, and just continues to get his work done. Overall, he was three for five in the series uh, with a walk. Uh, and although I'm not in the business of counting uh, OPSs off seven plate appearances, 2.067. Wow, that's kind of insane. Two dots absurd. You did something right. You know, yeah, totally. You something right. Uh, if you want to do something right, like maybe for uh, your girlfriend or your mom or Bones, then you should go to Blue Nile, one of the best spots to get wedding jewelry and fine jewelry. If you're looking to pop the question, or maybe you're celebrating a milestone moment, fine jewelry as unique as her or him with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Look, I'm going to dive into the fine jewelry. Sometimes I got trouble choosing. Well, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. And Ben, you continue to slander me, but you know, it's not true. Uh, people have been saying that I were saying that one live NBA draft show is enough for locked on, but really, what I was saying is one live NBA draft show is not enough 
for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA Draft Night. That's tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday. So you have a, if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. Alrighty, Ben. Uh, it is time for us to unveil our ideal lineups without Jorge, uh, Jorge Springer. Uh, he's got this elbow thing. It's a wrist, elbow, something. Elbow, elbow. Elbow, I was right. Uh, I'll be back soon. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. They haven't put him on IL at the time we're recording this. They've just labeled it as discomfort, so hopefully it's just precautionary. Yeah, discomfort. Everyone's got discomfort. Um, you want me to go first? I will preface that mine's bonkers. Yeah, mine's yours is crazy. Wacky, so I almost want you to go second because I want to like protease. You got the tame one. Set it up. I think yeah. I've got the tame one. You've go been ahead, hyping yours up, although mine's a little interesting. Um, You're going to be right. shook when I have Taylor Heineman leading off. Noted Pittsburgh Pirate. Um, sure, he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give you mine. Uh, so probably my wackiest thing comes first. Um, leading off in left field, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, actually That's one insane. of the higher. That's actually crazy. Actually one of the higher on base percentage guys on the team. Higher on base percentage than Santiago Espinal. He gets okay. on base. Okay, Peter Brand, he gets on base. Um, shortstop, Bo, second. First baseman, Vlad, third. DH Alejandro Kirk, fourth. Right fielder, Teoscar Hernandez, fifth. Now I got Santi, sixth, second base. But he is a little slumping a little. He's going he's gonna to pick it up. I got Matt Chapman, seven, third base. Um, I love Gabby Moreno, but I still got him eight for now. Um, but he's got opportunity to move up, but he is just slapping singles right now. So I don't mind putting him back there to get on base for the top of the order, guys. And then in my nine spot, I got Tapia in center, but it comes with a caveat. Um even though Zimmer didn't catch the ball today, that he probably should have caught. It wasn't there or anything. Uh, if you're leading after the seventh inning, Tapia out of center field. Seventh inning or later, out of center field. Get Zimmer in because Tapia is not a good outfielder. <laughs> I do not enjoy watching him play outfield. I think his outfield defense is suspect. Hey, hey this is true. He's no good. Um, so who's your DH, Kirk? Kirk is my DH. Now, if Kirk is catching, then I'm then I'm assuming Moreno is resting. Um, Moreno's pitching if Kirk's catching. What? I was kidding. He's supposed to. <laughs> you just broke my brain. Um, <laughs> I would love to to like uh, if one of the catchers is resting, Kevin Bishio's in, and someone else is DHing. It's not Otto Lopez, um, but. Um, yeah, I would. I personally would prefer to put Cavett in over Tapia, but he, they don't have a center fielder then. Like they kind of need Tapia or Zimmer to play, and right now Rymel's the clear choice. All right, you know yours was less tame than I thought it would be, so I'm glad. Uh, I, I did not think Lourdes would be leading off. I've been on um, just to to throw out what the actual lineup was today. It was Santiago leading off, Bo second, Vlad third, Alejandro DHing fourth, Teoscar fifth and right, Chapman six, Tapia seven, Lourdes eight, Gabby nine. Um, mine does not look like that. My lineup starts with a DH. You're putting Kirk Cav- in the lead. 
Kevin Biggio is leading off. Okay. Uh, Kevin Biggio arguably has the best at bat on the team right now, uh, or at least a pretty high up one. I mean, the guy is working counts like nobody's business, uh, and his on base percentage is up around what three seventy after today. Um, so I think Kevin deserves that spot. I, I've always been uh, a proponent of whoever has the highest on base percentage or whoever has the best at bat on the team go first. Usually a veteran, but I like Kevin here. Uh, I, I, the Yankees do it all the time with Matt Carpenter, and you're always like Matt Carpenter's leading off, and then he works like an eight pitch at bat and hits a home run off Shohei Otani. So you're like, oh, that's why they did it. Um, so I like Kevin in the one spot. Uh, it gets even crazier as we move on. In the number two spot, I'm going to put Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, I am a proponent of the analytics that say put your best hitters highest up in the lineup. Um, okay. I don't necessarily think Vlad should be leading off, but I want him. I want him hitting second. Another guy with a crazy good on base percentage too. He, again, people who don't follow the Blue Jays closely think that Vlad is just a power hitter and that he just slugs home runs left and right and that's his entire game. No, this is not the case. The man is a pure hitter. He's a professional hitter, uh, and he gets on base doing just that. So I love him in the two spot. Is he going to hit a lot of home runs just because he's fantastic? Yeah, he's got 17 of them. He leads the team. Uh, But it's not because he's trying for a home run every time he's up. He just hits lasers. Um, I like him in the two spot. Three spot, I go Alejandro Kirk, who just continues to rake a 304 average coming into today and nearly a 400 on base percentage. I honestly think that that one, two, three is fierce. One of those guys is probably getting up or getting on. I mean, um, I think it's great. One, two, three. Then I, I kind of change up my approach a little bit as we hit the four spot. I, I lose the analytical value. And instead, what I try to do is segment the lineup in a way that kind of takes the on-base guys and has them at the top and have them at the bottom. And in the middle, you have your your kind of wild cards. Uh, you've got Teoscar four and Bo five. Okay. Teoscar and Bo, both guys who are on the up and up. They struggle to begin the year. Uh, and now they're hitting the cover off the ball. They're going to be the guys that I rely on to hit at least one of the guys in the one, two, three spots in. Uh, Teoscar's mashing, Bo's mashing. I believe in those guys to get that job done. Behind them, I've got Santiago Espinal in the sixth spot because I value a contact guy in the middle of the order just so he can set the table for the guys at the bottom of the lineup because you might have meant, or realized that I haven't mentioned Lourdes Gurriel's name. Uh, yet so he goes right after espinal then i've got chapman then i've got tapia in center okay i don't hate I it think I it's mean, a fantastic it's, lineup they've hit Bo in like the four spot before um he's definitely a guy who can knock in runs i mean he obviously hit a grand slam the day we're recording i don't hate it um i might i might slide lourdes ahead of Espinal, like very quietly, Lourdes is having a better year than Espinal now. So uh, I don't put Lourdes down there because I don't think he's having because I think he's having a worse year. I just value having my a, a guy down there in one of the seven, eight, nine spots being able to hit the ball really, really well. Uh, I think that's something that goes a little bit undervalued. Now, does it go against what I said about having your best hitters up in the lineup? It does, but I think it's also important to not let a pitcher take a break in your lineup and always have somebody every single inning do up that can hurt him. 
the only reason I, I say this is Lourdes hits for a higher average than Espinal this year. This is true. Uh, I guess maybe it's just it's late, and you might and Santi's slumping and Lourdes is high. So that's true. I'm not saying it's completely wrong. Like they're easily Espinal could be hitting at a higher average. I think I think he'll probably get back up there if I yeah. had to guess. That's fine. I just wanted to play a little devil's advocate. You know, I appreciate that. Right. Um, uh, I like your well, lineup. I think it's so crazy. Do you want to? I'll run through mine quickly once more, and you run through yours, just so people sure Go can ahead. remember if you're scoring along at home. Um, I got Lourdes leadoff, Bo second, Vlad third, Kirk fourth, he's my DH, Teo fifth, Espinal sixth, Chapman seventh, Moreno eighth, he's my catcher, and Tapia ninth. But I do kind of, I do kind of feel sad not having Kevin, but I just, I wanted Moreno. He's, he's, I, I like Kevin now because he's, he's changed his game. Uh, and I appreciate that in a baseball player. So uh, I've got Kevin one, Vlad two, Kirk three, Hernandez four, Bo five, Santi six, Lourdes seven, Chapman eight, Tapia nine, Tapia playing center field instead of hip hip Jorge. All right, Ben, uh, let me tell you about a product I use literally every day. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens one. AG1 because I wanted to hit nukes just like Teoscar Hernandez. Ben, all right, there are a lot of health facts, so keep up here. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. And it supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing. With the best things, Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper, Ben, than your nasty cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all of the different supplements yourself, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Why wouldn't you want that, all right? Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You change shirts. I did change shirts. I was, I wanted to see if I could slip that by you. Uh, <laughs> I did change shirts. Uh, all right, it's time for this day in Blue Jays history. Today's an off day, uh, at least the day you're listening to it, June 23rd. So we're going to look back at a, a big event that happened on this day in the past and maybe educate you a little bit. Uh, I guess this is how we usually determine it. Uh, Bones, do you think you have a better or worse this day in history than me? Well, I don't know yours, so it's kind of hard for me to tell. How do you feel about yours out of 10? I like mine. I've got, I've got, I'm basing it entirely off of some good names I have in here. I like mine. I'm going to give it like a six and a half. 
All right, I think mine's better. You go first. Okay, maybe a seven. Um, this was a game that took oh, da, 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 da. seven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you gave me one of those once. Oh once yeah, I was shook. I was kind of shook right there. That was that was you paid the price of admission for uh, the video pod just to see my face right there. That was fantastic. Um, This was a 2018 and not a great year in Blue Jays history. Uh, The Jays going into this game were 34 and 41, taking on the Los Angeles Angels, who were 40 and 36. Uh, The Jays came into this game starting Marcus Stroman. Uh, who I do not like, against Jaime Baria. And I got to say, there are some pretty darn good names in this lineup. Uh, Curtis Granderson led off, who was later pinch hit for by Babe Ruth himself and Steve Pierce. Teoscar was there. Jan Hervas Salarte was manning the hot corner. On the other corner was Kendris Morales, who was later in the game pinch run for Gio Urshela and then replaced for Justin Smoke, who is a Blue Jays legend. Uh, another Blue Jays legend, a couple of them, three of them, in fact. Kevin Pillar, Russell Martin, and Randall Grichik on this team. Aledmus Diaz at short. Uh, and then everybody's favorite second baseman, Devin Travis. Uh, so there's some fun names there. Uh, in terms of pitching, you had Aaron Loop. Uh, who had a great season for the Mets last year. Now on the Angels, you had Tyler Clippard, and you had Sung Hwan Oh, who blew a save and then ended up getting a win in which the Jays won the game 4-1 to one with a three-run rally in the top of the ninth. Pretty fun game, I'd have to say. Ryan Tapera gets the save in the ninth, and I got to say the Angels with a lot less exciting. Ian Kinsler playing for the Angels at the time, but that's about it in terms of exciting names. What what sparked the three run rally in the ninth? What what was the hit? Um, I believe it was a Steve Pierce homer, three Game run ball. shot off Justin Anderson, two outs in the ninth too, tie game. Home game, like he walked it off? No, no, it was not a walk off. They were in Los Angeles. Mm, they were in Anaheim. He just set uh, up Ryan Tapera to get the save, man. After Sung Juan held on, actually, he blew a save, but he got the win. Yeah, didn't hold on. Um, that's a cool one. I like that one. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, 2018, tough year. Uh, I'm going to dial it back all the way to June 23rd, 1989. The Blue Jays. Not Jay- even a twinkle. No. Blue Jays enter Oakland, Alameda County Coliseum, also known as OCO, um, and where they still currently play. Uh, with a 35 and 36 record, yuck. Blue Jays trying to get back to 500, though. So, what do they do? This is how they start the game top of the first inning. Junior Felix, single. Tony Fernandez, double. Kelly Gruber, single. George Bell, walk. Fred McGriff, walk. Pat Borders, single. It's the first six batters of the game. They're up wow. only 2 nothing somehow. <laughs> um, That's insane. The bases are loaded. Um, they end up scoring seven runs in that first inning without a hit more than a double. Uh, no triple, no homer. Uh, seven runs. They bat around. Uh, Junior Felix gets two different singles in that inning. Pretty elite. Uh, Blue Jays are up 7 nothing. You're like, all right, Blue Jays got it in the bag, right? Oakland comes out in the bottom of the first inning. <laughs> this is an insane game. This is how they start the bottom of the first. Single, single, walk, sack fly, walk, walk, RBI ground out, single, triple. It's seven to four. 
I was about to ask, can I guess the score? Okay, well, guess what the score was by the end of the inning. Oh, by the end of that inning? Yeah, just by the end of the first. It's not over. <laughs> oh, well, do all the singles and the walks, and then I'll guess. Okay, here's, here's how the first inning goes. It's sing. I think I might have got the score wrong at the point in time anyway, so it's fine. Single, single, walk, sack fly, walk, walk, ground out, single, triple, fly out. I think it's eight four. Well, Blue Jays had seven. So what do you think? Oh, I, then it's seven five. Seven six. Very close. Oof, I was close. Seven six. The Blue Jays went from ninety percent win expectancy, just like welcome to a new baseball game once again. Uh, and this game stayed pretty tight. Blue Jays, like this was such a like you punch, I punch back kind of game. Seven six, then four scoreless frames. Um, I don't believe either starter made it out of the first inning. Can't imagine uh, no, they did. Either starter made it out of the first inning. Um, then all of a sudden, the Blue Jays scored two runs in the top of the sixth. It's like, cool, now they're up nine to six. A's are like, yep, we're going to grab one in the bottom of the sixth inning, nine to seven. Then it's in the ninth. Blue Jays get a pinch hit double from Ernie Witt to put them ahead again, 10 to seven. And then Dave Parker's like, nope, going to score a run off your closer, Tom Henke. Make it. 10 to 8, but that is where uh, that is where the scoring would stop. Eventually, the Blue Jays would win the game 10-8, and that would set up uh, what would be the first of a couple ALCS matchups in a short frame because although the Blue Jays were 500 at that point, it would actually, after the win, it would actually dip below 500 again. Um, they would end up going to the ALCS, taking on the A's that year and losing, go to the ALCS in 91, um, lose there, but in 92, they beat the A's in the ALCS um, when they won the World Series. I believe they beat the A's in 91. Now i got to go check before we end this pod because I don't want to be a liar, a stinking liar. You mentioned um, Tom Hankey. I packed Tom Hankey in an unopened 1988 baseball pack, baseball yeah. card pack the other day. I was like, look, it's Tom Hankey. He's got those glasses. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Um, 1992. Um, they did beat the A's in 1992. Okay, that's what I thought. Big for you. It was also eight credibility. Yeah, that was big for my credibility. That was going to be terrible <laughs> for my credibility if I got that wrong. Uh, also, in, in 89, that was the first year of Cito Gaston. So it was like very early on into the Cito Gaston run. First time they hit 500 with Cito as the manager. And that's pretty cool. Uh, you know who's good at hitting over 500? The Raptors. You know who gets to pick in the NBA draft? The Raptors and some other teams like Bones's Knicks. Um, I'm sure you're glad to claim the Knicks. Um, AJ Griffin, go get them. People weren't here for that, but that was when our oh, podcast sure. passed yesterday. I was talking about uh, Duke. Duke's AJ Griffin projected to go to the Knicks, which would be cool. Uh, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. And get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen after you made this your first listen. And we appreciate it very much. He's Matt Bonaparte. I'm Ben Shulman. We'll catch you a little bit later tomorrow on Locked On Blue Jays.